Hey everyone, it's Travis here, just letting y'all know this is part two of the video podcast. Audio got a little fuzzy, I had the microphone moved away from mouth, so I just, I re-edited it. It's still not too crisp, but just letting you know. Alright, thanks, enjoy. Yeah, and the, um, the other thing we got up here is, hey, what if Battlefield 2042 had, uh, they have like a split cross-play, but I th- think it's cool that they will have cross-play between generations. I don't know if it's said that they have cross-save, because I would want cross-save for, like, if I started out on a Series S and then maybe I bought a PlayStation 5 and got it there as well. But they are dividing it up by PS5, Series, Xbox Series consoles, PC, and they're cutting it off, and they have PS4 and Xbox playing together, which... I think that's like the first time Battlefield has done it. They, I guess they've seen it do well with Apex, so they're kind of pushing that forward. Yeah, it's like trying to hit, like trying to get like some sort of customizable like crossplay support because you can also like opt out of playing against um, other consoles and PCs, right? But it, it is interesting that they um, they like came to the decision to like separate the generations. That yeah, was probably for the best. Yeah. A little, probably because they they probably play differently. They probably have like different resolutions. Maybe like oh, I'm sure. But yeah. besides it being like one has you know the older stuff has 64 players and the newer stuff has 128. Okay, so cross progression is in the works. That's cool. Um, I actually have thought about picking up or trying to get a a version of the Xbox One Battlefield when this comes out to load because I, I actually I like 64 player maps a lot because that's what Battlefield Five had. And I'd like to be able to hop between both for a little bit, maybe a little variety, maybe if I want a smaller match. But I this this is shaping up to be really cool release. They they're they're hitting a bunch of check marks. I'm gonna guess they're probably gonna have free DLC as well, which is what Battlefield Five started and Battlefront Two, where they didn't want to have closed players off in that crossplay, cross save, AI bots. Um, hoping that their campaign, their multiplayer is more focused without a campaign, and yeah. we'll see how it goes through later. I'm curious. They have those hero characters which are set up. I'm curious how those guys are going to play because they're pre-set up characters that have unique like abilities that don't really show up, and like your re- regular creative class stuff. Yeah, and like the other thing that this, like, is, like, blah. The other thing that this uh, update does touch on is that DICE has said that they will be filling out lobbies with AI, like bots, as needed, which is interesting. Like, as we talk about them focusing on multiplayer, uh, he's like, bot, like, bots in multiplayer, they went away. They disappeared after Yeah. After and a like, time. Um, like, I think that could be cool in a sense. You have this big battlefield, and you'll have some bots running around in these lobbies that aren't filled and then you'll have the players so you can kind of get some kills off of both and then it's still waiting for like the the lobby to be filled up there's gonna be a lot of lobbies if they're if they do complete cross play on those top level consoles you have all these lobbies that are not split up by version so they're all kind of there's gonna be some stuff i wonder they might have I, i feel like the first week is gonna be a little hectic a little busy on their servers, but I'm curious how it'll play out. And there was some other thing I was thinking about. I don't know. It could be cool. I'm ready.
battlefield. No, no, it's interesting. Like, I definitely, I think, like, the the sort of the generational split is probably for the best. I think putting bots in, like, having that kind of functionality is good just to ensure that it's not, like, you're not going to hit hit a point where you have one team with a lot more players uh, just wiping the floor with a smaller team. I don't, I don't know if that's even a capability, like, within, like, Battlefield's multiplayer. Oh, yeah, that happens. happens. It, sucks. Yeah. it sucks. It happens in five. Yeah, like I imagine, it's not great in any game that happens in. Um, no, because in, in five you had like it's thirty-two versus thirty-two, and sometimes like eight people would drop out of a losing team. Oh Christ! And you're getting steamrolled. It yeah, it would help to have these AI bots who are going to take objectives. They're probably a little dumber, you know, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. The other thing I remembered is that they will just have bot lobby. Which I told I love the idea of having an all bot lobby because it reminds me of like playing just the campaign of Star Wars Battlefront Two where I'm just running around murdering everything. I am the um, I'm the Rambo of this game, and I'm gonna control this battlefield. It's fun. I think that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. October can't come in uh, three months. I'm curious. I'm, I'm also curious about the free-to-play stuff that they're doing, because they're going to do some free-to-play thing. We'll see when it comes out. Yeah, it's what... I'm sure it's going to be, like, one huge mode and maybe, like, some other stuff, but I imagine you'll have to pay for, like, the majority of multiplayer as well as their, um, like, solo and co-op modes. Yeah, and they've talked about another mode besides, like, the Conquest that's a little more something... It sounded like something between a Battle Royale and a regular Conquest match where you might be able to respawn or you might have, like, smaller base stuff. Yeah. I can't remember what that mode exactly, but they, they've had a couple news articles talking about it. Uh, what do I have up next on here? We talked about Warframe... This, uh, oh yeah, the Ubisoft stuff is that they um, Ubisoft has been sued, is being sued in a French court for institutional harassment. Which, hey, I'm glad someone got lawyered up and got this together. It sucks that it had to happen, but it has to happen. Yeah. If you want to talk more about it, I think I haven't really gone over the article too much. Yeah. So it's you know it is a. A case being brought up against Ubisoft in French court by a union named um, uh, Solidaires Informatique. I I'm sure I've absolutely butchered the hell out of that name, and also two former employees of Ubisoft um, that allege that Ubisoft set up and maintained and reinforced a system where sexual harassment was tolerated. It named several Ubisoft executives. As well as uh, Yves Gelmont, not because like Yves did anything specifically, but because he did nothing to stop this from happening, right? And they view him as like as responsible for this as anyone else because he's the CEO of that company. Um, let's see. And this is mostly targeting the fact like this is mostly this complaint is mostly about the fact that the company has not done much of anything, right? Since a uh, massive like. A massive wave of allegations came out like last year about how they were treat how workers were treated uh, by executives and managerial um, staff, and just like the general like environment created at those studios. And you know, in like talking about this, I think we talked about this like last week, right? How Ubisoft um, like stockholders wanted to 
uh, move the conversation away from like these allegations in a real way, in like a very desperate way, so they can continue selling games. And this sort of suit is mostly like, no, we need to talk about this. We need to actually do something to improve the working situation here at the studio and we can't just move past it which is what like a lot of executives have wanted to do for a while yeah and i'm glad that this information and these like testimonials are going to get onto some type of like i don't know if um and this is in a french court i don't know if it's like public record but i'm glad that it's going to be on record that this is happening and i'm curious to see what will end up happening after this and if some of that stuff gets better or if they keep some people and push them down to other places you know it's like when we're talking about the other news articles we're gonna have to see this is like an ongoing thing yeah but i'm glad that this is like something that's going through because this is you know we talk about ubisoft a lot it sucks that it is really extremely shitty that their workplace like would put up with and have like institutional sexual sexual harassment which is like you saw that coming. We heard things about that about that coming from a riot. You, and there's a couple other ones where they would like jokingly, you know, like workplace stuff. That's like some people find it funny, but it's super shitty. And like it's like this and Crunch are the two things in like gaming that are like at the high point where people kind of have had enough about it on like in certain circles and stuff and trying to get it talked about more. So I'm glad that this came through. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's good that, that, you know, it's not anything that could happen, like, within our country. Uh, but it is good that there are enough, like, labor laws to, like, have structures that can support workers as they put complaints forward like this. Um, just so that way, like, you cannot... Because, like, if this was... Like this is mostly an American company. Um, there probably wouldn't be complaints like this. They would not be like filing uh, complaints in court against employers like this, or at the very least, not expecting any sort of substantial end result if they did. Yeah, and I've like I've worked since I was seventeen, and I I've heard stories, and I've seen it myself in like smaller like fast food stuff where there are like weird like harassment stuff that comes up or weird like where you have this clique of workers who that's the way it is and if you come in with a different opinion on how you should treat people you know you're kind of like ostracized and you want to have an hr that will help figure out what these problems are and listen to people that have problems and it sounds like most of this stuff has been people come with it to a complaint and then it's not solved and maybe something else happens that yeah. is worse for the people who comes up and says i have a problem well yeah because it's like you know we talk about you like you were just talking about like a like being ostracized by like a, a clique of workers who want things to go a certain way imagine if that clique is the management and hr like institutionally is just about in like just about making sure management's okay more than it's about making sure people like workers are yeah, and it's, like, I don't want to harp on this too much about, like, what I've seen in, like, the past, but, like, there there were, like, these, going from, like, 50s to 60s, 70s, like, 80s, like, corporate culture of, like, at a, at a time, those were mostly, like, male-based, and it, you know, you have 
introduce like more varieties of like people of different genders, people of different nationalities and stuff that get away from like the norm of it. And there are people who are older in those companies that are just don't want to ch- you know keep up or change with something that's that's right. I think. Like I don't know. You think you think of like Matt. Like it's a, just a TV show, but Mad Men has that like. I wouldn't call it bro culture because that hasn't shown up yet from like the fifties, but it's very you know it's the boys. He's, this is the boys' workplace and stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, like you know, like we can use like the fiction of Mad Men. You can also use like the fact that like you know once, uh, like at the end of World War Two, like the way that women were completely pushed out of like the jobs they held during the war, right, to make room for men, right? Like it's turns out. <laughs> Uh, discrimination is been institutionalized in a lot of areas in you know in capitalistic culture it's wild and even in culture before that like it's it's such a you know like women getting the right to vote and then more powers for like nationalities to vote and like less discrimination and it goes back to like the founding of america and then where we they came from before that before that before that it's like weird it's like a carryover from other places that are just like you know, people don't like change, but like, you have to advance as a culture in a certain way. But yeah, so I I agree with you. Yeah, it's yes, institutionalized. Like, what would you call that? Like, I'm trying to think of the term. Like, pro mask, pro like male workplace or I mean discrimination. Like, discrimination. Yeah, discrimination. Work, like it's institutionalized harassment. discrimination. Yeah, it's institutionalized harassment and discrimination. Like. I mean, uh, and this is, and we've completely gone off the rails. We're like specifically talking about Ubisoft in this case. Um, but it's like this is something that you see everywhere in regards to like the complaints made towards um, like Quantic Dream a couple of years ago, uh, in how like how terrible its studio is to be at. Uh, yeah, that as well. I that I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who runs the studio has always come out weird. Um, David Cage. Yeah, David Cage. Yeah. 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 Um, side note, uh, I guess Rainbow Six Extraction got delayed to 2022 as well as Riders Republic. Also coming out of Ubisoft. Also coming out. Of, you know, it sucks because I like the type of stuff they put out, but it sucks that their management is weird. But people make there's in, there's entry they they sh- they shake up some stuff, and like yeah. what kind of games they put out. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, like, the transition from, like, very serious, like, personnel, like, news to, like, oh, like, their games have also been delayed. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems that... Oh, is it? Uh, is, uh, like, Extraction Red... got pushed to January 2022, and then Writer's Republic got pushed eight weeks from September 2nd to October 20th, it looks yeah. like. The eight weeks is is an interesting one. I'm not entirely sure yeah. what, like what necessarily what work you can do in that short amount of time. But I mean, you know, if they want to yeah. push it back, they can. Like I, I would hope they I'm, would. I'm guessing it's like a little bit of bug work, a little bit of patchwork, maybe to what was gonna be a day one patch will now be a patch already set up by the time it releases. Is those kind of things. Um, you know, hey, patches happen. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, a bunch of Netflix news was coming out as well. The, the first one is the data mining that kind of came out of like app data where there could be a Netflix PlayStation partnership, which 
that is a very interesting counter move by PlayStation that if it comes to fruition could be a really big deal because Netflix is like the one of the biggest streaming services and this is could be for like Netflix having games that you pay for and stream to your console and if it's a PlayStation partnership which PlayStation is the big one of the three and as a like as a whatchamacallit a counter to like Game Pass maybe you see some PlayStation games exclusives coming to Netflix to your PlayStation maybe you stream them through your TV I don't know yeah. could be could be anything yeah even be, if it's even if this isn't like just putting like PlayStation games on Netflix, right? Like Netflix and Sony, like in partnering, it makes a lot of sense when you just consider that a lot of the in-house IP PlayStation works with lends itself well to, or like it has constantly been like aping the aesthetic and like, uh, like visual like language of movies, right? And so this could very well, if nothing else, this could be like Netflix partnering with or PlayStation partnering with Netflix because like they want to continue producing like their own shows. Right. But want to do this with like a company that knows how to do this kind of thing, because I don't know if you remember powers. Oh um, yeah. That was, that was an that absolute was, wreck. Yeah. I watched a couple episodes of that. Hey, how about the, uh, the tester when that came that you could download that for free, the tester I, season three. Uh, we don't need to talk about the tester. No, but like, we don't need to. But if it is like putting games like on like a service to create some sort of Game Pass like counter, that is also that's also a choice and a relatively interesting one at that. It, I don't know. Like it could be it could be wild. If just like having the gaming section on Netflix, whatever that looks like. And then just having most of the PlayStation catalog on that. Yeah, and a couple of things I think about this is maybe there's like a tiered setup where you have base Netflix that's just movies. Maybe you have like an extra $5 to throw on some older games. Maybe there's something above that to get the day one releases, which might not happen because they want the pre-orders and day one like $60, $70 buy now. It's $70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but to the flip side of that, it kind it worries me that PlayStation and Netflix, the two biggest ones, are kind of have this like monopoly that they could have set up where it's a really big deal. That'd be a really that's a really big buying point for like a PlayStation or even like I I don't know if this goes through and it's good, you could see this coming. You could see like a little PlayStation streaming box, kind of like the. PlayStation TV where you just get on your Netflix app and you stream some PlayStation games like and then PlayStation has the catalog too like they have all these third person action adventure shooter stuff that are all I think they're pretty accessible you know all right they definitely lend themselves well to like the Netflix audience of people who are scrolling through something and like find a relatively like easy like very appealing like PlayStation title that they can just stream for for like with their next Netflix subscription and like mess around with, you know, like it, it it's a fine it's a fine partnership, and I'm interested in seeing like what is going, what the end result of this is going to be. Yeah, the only hope is I have. I don't want this. I I want this and Xbox Game Pass to both live in their own harmony and both be doing well. So I hope that happens. I just don't want there to be like. 
Oh, we play Game Pass is doing really well. I guess we're gonna go with Netflix and just cut the head off of Xbox right there because we got the better streaming service. But like that depends on like what stuff comes to Game Pass, and then there's Game Pass PC, which just does relatively well, and they got Halo coming up, Psychonauts, and they have all these. You know, they got all these first party stuff. They're both. It's like an arms race right now. Fucking like Microsoft picked up Bethesda for what was it, four billion? So I think more. Microsoft is no indie studio pick, trying to get out this niche streaming yeah. service. They're they're big too. So yeah, and I don't I don't know if like the Game Pass to this like whatever this could end up being is necessarily the right comparison because like again this is like Game Pass is not streaming right. Like, Game Pass is, you download a game, as long as you have an active membership, it will recognize it on your profile, and you can play the game. Like, if this becomes, like, streaming more akin to something like a Stadia, um, I think Game Pass will be fine. Yeah, I also definitely see this as being, like, a service you sign up for where you could possibly download these games as well. I don't count that out, because PlayStation Now lets you download some of the PS4 stuff instead of streaming it but yeah i don't know we'll we'll have to see what ends up happening this is all rumor at the moment it picks the possibilities door. are just too good for me not to think about i guess uh what's the other netflix thing on here is that the uh, monster anime which could be into that i looked at this trailer and i thought it was the boy from god of war but it's actually a um another guy i'm gonna keep going Austin's taking care of his pig real fast. And let's see, Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. Oh, yeah, that's a Monster Hunter anime. I can't, I'm not getting audio from this, but I'm watching a little. It looks like World. It looks like a kid's show. Um, there's monsters. There's some hunting. You're, they, they got, the kid's a teenager, and he's hunting. Let's see. Oh, we got a Velocidrome, I think, or a Velociprey. That's the Velociraptor uh, animal dinosaur that comes after you. Uh, there's the Forge. They're making some weapons. This kid's got, like, one of those, like, his, his the sides are cut off, and he's got a, a Fauxhawk. Uh, yeah. Monster anime. Oh, yeah, it's like Netflix has, there was a discussion somewhere that kind of, made me realize what Netflix was kind of doing is they're they're ramping up their anime and they're ramping up their like another set of stuff quick question we're not going to interrupt the pod did you did you hit pause or did you mute your mic Austin? oh I think I just muted the mic this has been going huh that's better no that's good perfect okay. that's perfect alright because we're still we're, we're still rolling I was talking about Monster Hunter and that Netflix is picking up, they're doing more anime and they're doing more like animated TV shows and there's like another thing that they were like pairing with properties like we kind of rolled this into the video game thing, they got Monster Hunter, they got Castlevania they got Resident Evil I mean, and they got some Gundam stuff too like like the, the first three of those those are video game properties man The Witcher, you know I, I, I don't know what if you watch the Monster Hunter anime and then you go like play Monster Hunter World because you can just download it from Netflix. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, we're, we're definitely, like, at least probably, like, three years away from seeing, like, if this is, uh, if this data mine is even, like, accurate um, from seeing, like, what this could possibly be. Uh, I mean, and, you know, and, and that could definitely happen. Like, you know, The Witcher is, 
I feel like they really want to make with The Witcher like the sort of a case like or the, like the standard like sort of case for this kind of thing as opposed to like this strange anomaly, right? Where your video game tie-in does really well and then people go and find find out how they can mess like how they can be experience more of this and they end up going to buy the games, you know. Yeah, like you know, it was it was really cool to see that spike of Steam sales after the Witcher show came out for like Witcher three, and this like this Monster Hunter anime, it's cool for a couple reasons, like it's anime, it's an it's like a it's a CG anime I guess. Yeah, it's a Capcom it's a Capcom CG project. Oh yes, I forgot about the Capcom CG project, which this is probably coming out in Japan as a different thing. And Netflix bought the rights to it in the U.S., which you saw happen with, I think, Resident Evil. Um, and you saw that with Gundam. Like, Gundam, that Gundam movie came out a year ago, the Hathaway movie. Yeah. And then Netflix just paid to have the U.S. distribution rights. I would have to look at this to see if it's like a... Um, sometimes Netflix pays for this stuff, sometimes they pay for the rights. But that's cool. Ace Cadet is the main character, I guess. Yeah, it was apparently like a, a big deal with like Monster Hunter. Uh, I I only slightly recognize this kid. Yeah, I couldn't I only, tell you. I played I, I played I played Foreign World like a hundred hours and I couldn't tell you. But that's I don't pay attention to that stuff sometimes. Yeah, like I um I only know this this character is like is played by seemingly played by the voice actor who does Zuko in The Last Airbender, right? Like that's. That's the only thing I know about this character in any way. I don't know anything about Monster Hunter. I don't know what any of this nonsense is. I don't think this... like Again, like Capcom's th- 3D like CG animation has always looked really weird to me, and this is no exception. Oh! That totally is Zuko from Airbender. He, I was watching a movie with him. He's in Hook, that Robin Williams um, live-action Peter Pan movie. He's like one of the kids in Hook, too. But... <laughs> okay. I was just I just thought of it because like I I like that actor I think his name is Dev Patel but um yeah it it looks like a Monster Hunter anime you got you got there's certain things you hit you hit them making a weapon you hit them being attacked by a monster you show a small monster but you show a bigger monster to show you know like some stuff's gonna happen and then what else is in here they should there's probably some palicos in here somewhere. Yeah, we got a palico. Got it. Checked off. Sorry, I just uh, did we a Google. The f- they shot the flare. I recognize that. I did Google Dante uh, Busco because you, you said he was in Hook, so I did just double check. Yeah, he's the kid who gets murdered in Hook. Yes, he uh, is. Or is Dev Patel a different kid in there? Well, Dev- yeah, Dante. No, Dev Patel's someone else in that. Dev Patel is Dante the guy Bosco's who did the Zuko yeah. voice. Yeah. Did Zuko in the M Night Shyamalan movie? Gotcha. I'm trying to see who's. Oh, who's Dev? Oh, maybe Zuko came up and Dev Patel was the live-action actor. Yeah, that's why I, that showed up. I just, I, yeah, like, he he's someone who played Zuko, but, like, again, in that movie that no one liked. Yeah, because I looked up Zuko and I clicked Dev Patel instead of Dante Bosco. <laughs> I clicked the wrong one. But yes, Dante Bosco from Hook, not Dev Patel. Different person. Both played the same character in one a better version, one not a good version. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's in the Monster Hunter stuff, so... There it is. I don't know. I played a lot of Monster Hunter. I could probably I could probably thumb through a couple episodes, see if it ends up being good. I, I still need to watch that Resident Evil um, yeah. thing. I think it's a series or is it one movie? It's I think it's like a 
four it's like a four part thing i i watched a couple of those older cg movies that are they're not bad like degeneration they're they're schlocky and there's some fun action yeah like they're better than the live action movies to a certain way like the new one like the last one that came out was like i think like outbreak or something and that just basically turned uh leon kennedy into john wick which was just which was just fun watching leon do some gun food nonsense against zombies right like not even other people who are capable of fighting back just zombies is is fun yeah i like choreography where you're sliding onto the floor and then shooting like that was in one of the degeneration things Oh, there's a there's a bow gunner in here. Someone's shooting some guns. It's two two monsters are fighting. If the monster animation is cool and the the fights are like long enough, I'll, I'll kind of be into it. Maybe they'll fight one monster an episode. We'll see what's going on. That sounds like a format you could do. Um, Netflix also snagged former EA Oculus exec to lead its video game efforts because Netflix is also getting into making their own like video game content. Like we saw it with like. They did the Stranger Things, like, it was a, kind of a smaller game where it was, like, a pixel art game. Yeah, there's well, it's supposed to be, like, another Stranger Things game that Telltale made, but then that studio uh, sank. Yeah, and then you have, like, their first foray into the game was, like, the Bandersnatch Black Mirror thing, and I apparently they have, like, some Carmen Sandiego interactive thing on that. Yeah, they did, like, an interactive special huh. with their Carmen Sandiego series. I could um, try that. I know they also hosted, like, there's there's a Minecraft story mode version of, like, Telltale's Minecraft game on Netflix. Oh, I might watch that. I heard it was kind of cheeky in a fun way. We'll see. Might not I think, be. I think they needed to finish, like, I think that was, like, the last thing Telltale put out, because they were, like, contractually obligated to finish it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. I, I brought up some MPD numbers as well, because I like to look at them sometimes. Um, this is by Jeff Grubb on VentureBeat. We'll post these sometimes. Let's see, what's number one? I'm just going to run through one through, like, five or anything interesting. It's like Rift Apart is number one. And then we kind of have some mainstayers. That is, like, Call of Duty Black Ops is number two, which has been out for a while. And MLB The Show, Mario Kart 8 is still, like, selling really well. And Minecraft is on there. And then we have, like, newer stuff, which is, like, Mario Golf Super Rush is three on the list scarlet nexus is five and then like resident Evil village was six this month and i guess last month is one i think that's when it came out and you have a couple more like like animal crossing and modern warfare and smash brothers these are all these are all like physical like there's no digital sales or xbox digital sales on here but i think i always liked like did you ever get game informer and in the back they had like the mpd numbers you could look at and stuff I've I never had Game Informer outside of like what was in the library and like with the time I got to actually look at Game Informer magazines, I would get bored by the time we got to NDP stuff. Yeah, I I just remember I think we had them because they gave you the GameStop discount and then I just would start. I'd thumb through it a couple times a month and get into certain parts like there's certain like i'll read the reviews and the stuff in the back but i never read the news or the previews too much and the covers are cool gotta love those covers like old game informer and older and older or game informer which is like i would say i i read game Informer a lot from like 2000 to 2010 and then i, I was getting it for a while when they changed the cover art to be like yeah. a full thing and now game informer is like 
some stuff. They're just they're losing money because GameStop's losing money, and they're not. That's just weird. Whatever. Don't want to worry. Don't want to even think about GameFormer right now. I mean, it's a fine publication still. Like the people that they have working there are like good at what they do. I think. Um, like, you know, it, they had, like, a round of layoffs that hit in, like, 2019 that really sucked. Uh, and then, like, after that, you had a number of people leave to go start, uh, I believe it's MinMax. Is a yeah, podcasting Hansen, network. Right? Yeah, Ben Hansen, Leo Vader. Yeah. Uh, like, a number of like, people left. Like, to go Dan that. Reichert came from Game Informer, and we had, like, um, someone, Tim Turi went to Capcom, I think. It's another one of, like the longer the people who had stayed been there for a while going off doing something else. yeah like i think and i think they're they're shake up like you're still doing good work post um like layoffs and sort of um shake up like within like you know the company's ranks uh, yeah and i would say i there was a time when i really liked game informers website they had like a constant setup of when the the news would come out and they really wouldn't have other stuff besides gaming news which you kind of see a lot with other stuff and they had i thought their video content and some of their podcasts were interesting in the way they like they would sometimes split up podcasts to give you like a, a snippet of some interesting stuff for 20 minutes i, just, I haven't been on there in a while but I, I would go to game informers website for certain things and they have a really good back catalog of like the older reviews still which is like you know um ign and Game Spot still does that. Yeah, I think right now most of their video content is like most of what I'm seeing pop up in my subscription box is like seems to be doing they doing a lot of like from soft full playthroughs like it's like they just finished up a super they call they call it a replay right they finished up their super replay of Bloodborne and now they're currently going through uh, Sekiro. Yeah, hey, gotta gotta get hype for um, Elden Ring. Let's see. Stadia's got a new, I guess it's this pay-for-play revenue model that has developers and analysts concerned. I guess they have it. It's a um, it's a revenue share model. That okay, is a. Go for it. This is the gamer article that you have open. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a, in like an engagement, revenue model. Um, where like it measures let's see engagement will be measured by session days um one user using one user playing one stadia pro game twice on day one equals one session day a user that plays a stadia pro game once a day once and once a day once on day two equals two session days um so it is like trying to be like incentivize people to bring over and also develop like longer engagement games, like longer RPGs, that kind of thing, and like a yeah, or like live service stuff. Yeah, which, live service. Which that's the word. we'll say that Stadia Pro is like the subscription service, kind of like you're paying for to get access to this game. You're not like like I know there there's like the Steam revenue model where you buy this game and it pays the developer based on how many times it's bought. This is the subscription of. People are getting on the game a couple times. I don't know how Xbox does it. I think they've just said when you download the game. But this is interesting. So, like, revenue will be paid out more to companies for games that are being, like, played longer. Or, like, you know, like you said, a longer RPG or, like, a longer, um, like, a live service. But it cuts out, like, like, 
yeah, what if I want to play this cool indie game for like three days? Maybe I'll bounce off it because I played half of it. Or if, or if I want to touch a couple different things. I hope they still get paid for it, but it's like, you know, there's some games I've only played for a day and I bounce off of, but they're so cool and I'm glad it's like a value model that's like put into this. So, but that's also Stadia, which may or may not be doing. Yeah. It probably does okay subscription numbers, but it's not like nobody's going out and writing about these and it seems like they they might be kind of losing money. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it is like their attempt to like get, live service like they really just want live service games on here to like, keep people using the stadia more than anything like the specific like angle of this article is that like in this is not a great sort of idea for like indie developers uh like this is not incentivize them to get onto that platform in any way and it's like it, it's true it doesn't and i don't think stadia the people working in google's like stadia initiative like really care <laughs> You know, a little farther in the article, um, this is what someone said this on a podcast, I guess. I think Microsoft does a case-by-case -case basis where every game is kind of looked at differently because they are different games. Like, it's the, um, whatchamacallit, like, live games probably are looked at differently than, like, a smaller indie game that someone might beat or just check out or a bigger game that someone plays a little bit of. But, yeah, I, I think, yeah, Sadia's looking for stuff. Like, this is another one to worry about, like, like Steam and Valve, or, like, Valve, yeah, where they are... Google is very known of dropping stuff it doesn't do very well and not having, like, the longer tail end of supporting it if it doesn't stay doing well. So I'm curious. I want to... I hope people have some statements after this saying how the payments have been or if this is actually helping them and stuff like that because if this does well you could see more games being put on stadia yeah. but if companies aren't getting paid out well enough then well, you it's might going, not it's going to help a very specific type of game more than anything like like it's going to help the people who want to make like padded live service games right which is again like probably what stadia wants on its platform as of right currently uh more than anything else yeah, so I'm curious to see what comes up out of it. Um, is this the yeah? This is the last one on here. It's I guess I was hearing about this a little bit on some other podcasts, but the uh, judgment is having some problems between Sega and the studio, and, or it's the company that works with the main actor for Judgment. Um, who's it's who's the it's the Johnnies. There's this company called the Johnnies that kind of they're like a media company that work contracts for people and they're very they have very hard limits on stuff like they wouldn't let their actors post like social media pictures or like people couldn't grab thumbnails of these actors and or bands or associated stuff to put on websites because it's like a copyright fringe so they don't want judgment to get on PC but that's kind of Sega has realized they make pretty good money off of their PC Steam games so there's some, could be some internal fighting to maybe not see a Judgment 3. It's yeah, kind of well, a bummer. I mean, well, it's mostly just like they don't want the, like, the, the talent agency does not want, um, like, the likeness of its actor, uh, Takuya Kimura, on, like, on the internet in that way. Especially not, like, in a high-definition model 
that on PC, uh, where the files can be mined and altered and changed and modded, right? I think is mostly from like what I've heard other people uh, discuss this issue, like speak about, like it seems to mostly be like, um, like this is a 3D model of the actor that can be changed on PC using like tools that people have been using to change games forever. And, and we, we see these models shown up in like adult video websites and other video games and then like characters changed out for other characters and stuff. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's PC, all this stuff gets opened at some point cause it's yeah, like, easy to get into it. Yeah, like either like, you know, fans will create like, will create modding, modding tools to like mess with stuff. Like, you know, we see the same thing with that. Like when, I think it was, like, yeah, Cyberpunk. When that released, right? Like, yeah, and CD Project yeah. be like, hey, please don't mod Keanu Reeves into your, like, uh, into your, like, uh, not safe for work mods, you know? Like, don't put nudity on Johnny Silverhand, that kind of thing. Yeah, which, I guess we'll see what comes out of it. You know, it's hard because you have, there's a lot of Steam games with, it's hard when you have the lecture actor's likeness like that was happening with like Elliot Page a lot and stuff from Beyond Two Souls so it's it's a weird slippery slope like like they they got into Beyond Two Souls and pulled out like a um like a rendered model of Elliot Page naked which like that shit sucks so it's weird when you have actors likenesses and they're like because that helps sell the game but you also have this other stuff that makes it weird to do that because you're contracting to be a part of a game but then your likenesses also can go elsewhere in places I don't know you may not want it to be. It's a weird, it's a weird situation. Yeah, and like in the Elliot, the Elliot Page, like situation isn't itself like quite bizarre because that was like already in the game, right? Like that was not added in. That like where the legal confrontation between Page and Quantic Dream happened is because uh, Page did not consent to their likeness being put in into that game yeah and i, I mean, think like, it might have been like a cut scene that they pulled say. out because it was like a shower scene or something that yeah. they pulled out the whole model of and it wasn't originally showing their whole body or something i can't remember exactly but yeah it, it's just shitty stuff there it's 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 hard because you get these big name actors and then because you want it like you know but, um from what i was hearing is the main character of judgment is a very He's almost a, um, what I would say is like the kind of Justin Timberlake thing where he originally came from a pop band, got really popular and started doing acting after that. And people were really excited when they, like the, this character came out as like the main character of Judgment. Yeah. Uh, Takuya Kimura is the actor. Yeah, voice actor and like character model. And he does a good job. Like I played some of Judgment in Japanese and I enjoyed it. I thought... Like, at all, there's, like, a certain style to the character that, like, Takuya brings to it. So, we might end up seeing, like, if this doesn't get resolved, maybe they'll replace the character, have Judgment 3, or start a new series that's... Because they, they've wanted to do Judgment being the more action-based stuff, whereas they wanted... We're kind of looking into making Yakuza more of the... Like RPG, RPG stuff, like yeah. like a dragon, which is kind of where they want their split. So we'll see what happens going forward. It's a very like it's just the result of like some very like backwards like a very backwards approach to the internet in general. Um, and it it would be a shame to like 
for this to kind of end the series because like as close as I've ever gotten to messing with a Yakuza game, like it is like a Yakuza type game, I should say, it is like Judgment, right? Like I'm not super interested in seeing most of that main Yakuza series, but Judgment has always kind of struck me as different enough to where I might mess with that someday. Yeah. Well, hey, it's been a it's been a week for some news. Uh, thanks for joining me, Austin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll be back for some gaming impressions.